pastor and his people. I'm Pastor Dave Keen. Uh, this podcast exists so that we can learn more about one another and become better disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, today I'm with uh, Trell and Lauren Ross. Hey guys, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. It's been a good weekend here in Rock Hill. Uh, really enjoyed our time here with the, the Park Baptist family. So we are, we're the best, right? <laughs> uh, simply the best, Tina Turner style. Um, well, let me just kind of just uh, t- trail, we kind of heard your long story yesterday, but why don't you kind of give me a very, maybe a quick snippet of your quick testimony, then Lauren, I'm going to ask you about your your, uh, your story of salvation. Yeah, so I uh, came to know the Lord through, um, honestly, just the faithfulness of my parents, praying for me, uh, teaching me the gospel, demonstrating the gospel in our home, and uh, I got to a place in adolescence where I just kind of started to work through those things on my own, and the Lord gradually drew me to himself with knowledge that I had previously, but um, a spiritual enlightenment about what that knowledge actually meant for my life and and, and uh, my being forgiven through his sacrifice on the cross. Um, so yeah, I was raised in a Christian home and, and thankfully I had parents that prayed for me and the Lord saw fit to, to call me to himself as a teenager. Amen. How about you, Lauren? I grew up in a Christian home and <clears throat> um very similar, was baptized when I was 10, and then throughout middle school and high school, it was more, I was living more of a life of, okay, God is my genie and grants my wishes when I need him. Um, I did understand the, the death and resurrection and that he defeated death and sin for my life, but, um, that it was very consuming, like I was a consumer of that and not acting on it a lot. And so between my junior and senior year of high school, I went to Fuge Camps and um, the Lord just gripped my heart uh, during worship one night and said, this is not how it goes. (laughs) And so... um, in that conversation with him in prayer during worship, he, it was made clear to me that I needed to give more of myself um, to the relationship than I had been. So, yeah. Wonderful. Any siblings? Yes, I'm the youngest of four. Youngest of four. Trell? I'm the oldest of four, but I've also got an aunt who's more like an older sister, just because... Long story short, my grandmother passed when my aunt was 12. She and my mom are 16 years apart, so my mom practically raised her. Um, so she gets to kind of trade off those roles depending on the circumstance. She, she's auntie when she wants to be auntie, and, yeah. and <laughs> sister when she wants to be sister. Oh, that's nice. Uh, well, you guys are currently uh, at, you know, uh, serving at Faith Baptist Church in, in Youngsville, North Carolina, uh, right outside of Southeastern, and you're in, uh, in the seminary life. Uh, how, how hard is it kind of living in that seminary bubble? It's difficult. Um, and it's become more difficult as the Lord has really kind of put a burden on our hearts to um, just be more intentional with evangelism and discipleship. Um, because in, in, in the seminary bubble, you have to work to get out of it. That thing is strong, man. So <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, at the start of this year, we actually started to be more intentional about thinking through um, what does it look like for us to take intentional time on the weekends or whatever you have it to, to spend time outside of the bubble with hopes of coming in contact with lost people and, and introducing them to the Lord. It's been great, you know, being surrounded by such a community yeah. that is so strong. Don't want to make it sound bad. Yeah. It's so strong and 
you know, you're constantly encouraged by everybody you come in contact with, but, um, yeah, like Charles said, it is difficult because you're not, you're often not acting on what we're called to do yeah, <laughs> as yeah. believers. Well, there's, there's a, the seminary is a great experience, right, to get build up theologically, really develop some deep friendships, really go deep. Uh, but we know that the, the calling of, of Christians is to go and fulfill a great mission. Right now, there's different parts of our lives, different times where God calls us to do different things. Um, but it's it's really, you know, I think the same thing as a pastor. You have to fight to find times for people who don't know the Lord and really kind of pour in, into them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's even more important, especially when you're thinking about being a regular a preacher of God's Word, uh, to surround yourself with people who may not be Christians, mm-hmm. just to help you understand that this is the people that you're actually teaching to. Right. Um, so, uh, so, why church planting? I mean, before you came to Rock Hill, you were kind of thinking about possibly situations of church planting. You know, kind of when did that kind of get birthed in your family spirit? Yeah. Um, so in my undergrad experience, right after the Lord called me to ministry, um, my initial thought was church planting because I do have kind of a, I guess, an, an entrepreneurial spirit about myself. I, I enjoy starting new things. Um, most of the jobs that I've done, whether they be in a church or just at some random organization, they've been first-time positions. Um, so it's kind of been a story of my life. It's starting new things. And I just figure, okay, the Lord's called me to ministry. Um, I could probably be a church planner. Then I went to seminary, and I learned what church planting actually was. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going anywhere near that. So I'll, uh, my plan then just kind of became, okay, Lord, I, I trust you. Um I don't think that I want to plant anymore just looking at the what all of that entails and, and, and just the toll that it can take on family life and stuff like that. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I was for about a semester. And then the Lord softened my heart again and said, it's not about what you want to do. It's about what I want you to do. So that, at that point, I just kind of went open handed and said, OK, God, if you want me to plant, I'm willing to plant. If you want me to revitalize, then lead me to a revitalization. If you want me to just step into a healthy church that needs a new pastor. I'm willing to do that as well. Um, but after I uh, after I preached at my church, my current church for the first time um, towards the end of last year and started to have more conversations with my pastors, the, that, the conversation of potentially being a planner came up again. And, and that's, I think that's probably when I started considering it more seriously. Um, and it wasn't hard to get excited about again just because yeah, I do enjoy starting new stuff, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of where, where we come. <laughs> uh, now, Lauren, going into this role, kind of stepping into um, uh, being a pastor's wife, right? Um, what are your uh, things that excite you, and then cause you some maybe some trepidation entering <laughs> <laughs> that role? <clears throat> um, the things that excite me are, I think, what anyone would expect. Um, just being able to be witness and have the opportunity to see a church just like literally start from the ground up. And I've never had that, you know, like I've never been part of something like that um, in the church world. And I, it just, I feel like is a really incredible opportunity as a servant of the kingdom to be able to, I don't know, be one of, I mean, 
one of the two first people (laughs) as a part of something like this. Um, And walking alongside Trell here as his wife is additionally just an exciting part of it just because he's a really incredible leader and I never really have any issues following what he leads in and so um, he makes things exciting for sure. He's a lot bigger of a dreamer than I am and um, so you know he starts talking about it and I get more excited the more things he talks about. Um, The I guess you could say anxieties that come with this would be just that Um, I know as history kind of shows that there's expectation on, um, pastor's wives, like the lead pastor's wife, especially that I have no idea really what that looks like other than what I've observed, um, from afar in pastor's wives. And I know that, um, it's just, they're it comes with expectations that don't necessarily fall into everybody's gifts that the Lord has given them. And so it's something that I would say I'm a little nervous about navigating and being gracious with people that do have those expectations to say, like, that's not where I'm gifted, but I'm gifted in these other ways where I feel like I can be better utilized. So, um, I would say that, yeah, that's a lot of it. I'm going to yeah. piggyback off yeah. of what Lauren said, just about the, the newness of the church plant. Um, because that's one of the things that I think was most influential in getting excited about the idea of planting again. Because just, I think research, recent research shows especially that one of the quickest ways to have kingdom impact in a community is to plant new churches. Um, and as I've just kind of been thinking about that and looking at Rock Hills, just kind of religious stance right now. I think that there are a lot of people that don't know the Lord and looking at all of that, just the expansion of Charlotte and the growth that Rock Hill is seeing as a result of that, there are going to be more people to move here and, and need to come to know the Lord too. So this idea of planting a church as the planner and then looking at the next potential 30 years of planting other churches in the community as well is something that, that we're all in for if God wants to keep us here for that long. <laughs> there was a, a book I read when I was in college, uh, the, the Southernization of America, how the Southern culture kind of started to take over the American culture. Mm-hmm. One, one of the, the, the challenges of growth is that when you have the American culture, kind of the larger, broader, secular American culture kind of invading the traditional Southern religious culture, which is happening anytime an area is growing. Rock Hill, your county is the fastest growing county in the States. Heard that last week. Uh, Charlotte's growing. Uh, a lot of people moving down from areas that were not traditionally um, uh, abounding with evangelical Christians, the Northeast, uh, upstate New York, uh, the Midwest, mm-hmm. uh, were you know, even not just evangelicals, not even the Baptist world, right? So more and more people are moving in, um, and it's really the, the nation's coming to your doors, right? Mm-hmm. We, we see that the, the beauty of being doing collegiate ministry, for example— is the nations are coming to the campus, and then you have the chance to reach them there and then send them back to their, their own countries, which is a wonderful, uh, wonderful blessing. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a prime time, right? You know, and one of the joys I think we have at, at, here at Park is that we want to be part of seeing other churches grow and flourish, right? We don't want to um, 
have any kind of illusion that we hold the Quran truth, right? We are just one uh, local expression of the kingdom of God uh, here as the Park Rogers Church, and we want the truth uh, of the Lord to be manifest all throughout our city, right? And as Amen. people come, they want to have places for them to connect with, you know, yeah. uh, to really grow in the Lord. Well, if people don't really know you, uh, what's something that is kind of unique about both of you, right, that people may not know that would be, that they would find interesting? Hmm. Individually, you're asking us individually. Yeah, I mean, not that you love naked and afraid, right? <laughs> let's, 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 avoid, let's avoid that conversation. But maybe I was gonna go there. Yeah, I know you were. Uh, that's why I saved you. Um, maybe you love you love to hunt. I you do love, love to hunt. You love to be outside. You love nature. I mean, something yeah. more specific than that. Yeah. You know, do you have a favorite football team? Do you, oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so do yoga. Yeah. yeah. Just what you appreciate. Yeah. Uh, so hobbies of mine do include. Hunting, uh, bow hunting specifically. Bow hunting specifically. I am an archer, uh, but I enjoy hunting. Um, I love time in the gym. I love a good book. I love to. I, guess, I don't know if you call smoking ribs or, or cooking or, or uh, smoking ribs. He said ribs. <laughs> the right way with tomato-based South Georgian style. I was make sure it was ribs they heard. Not, uh, yeah, yeah, not other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I, I guess I could consider myself somewhat a jack of all trades. I'm probably not as good as a lot of, at a lot of that stuff as I think I am. <laughs> um, I do enjoy a variety of different things. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty easy to entertain, and, and I entertain others pretty easily. I feel like because I enjoy most things. It's not a, a lot of things that I come across and, and be like, I don't want to go do that because I'm all for it. <laughs> He's a Steelers fan too. That hard, that hard. By association, that means I'm a Steelers fan. So. Yes, yes. Good job. Well, how about you, Lauren? Um, I mean, oh goodness, I. <laughs> um, growing up, I don't. Recently, I haven't been able to do a lot of this stuff just because. Um, well, one, I don't have some of the things that I would need to, but I mean, I love to bake. That's one of those just classic wifey things that I like to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, believe it or not, I love eating baked goods. <laughs> you know, we, okay. might, we might go along just fine. <laughs> <There you laughs> um, I my mother taught me to sew when I was growing up, so I have made quite a few garments of clothing of my own. Um, made a lot of my homecoming dresses in high school and a prom dress once too. So if I had a sewing machine, I would probably still do that, but I don't have one because I use my mother's. Um, oh goodness. I like to read not as much as my husband though, just because, well, he's just turned into kind of an all out nerd now. So he reads a lot. Um, what's your, what's your job? I am a recruiter. I work from home as a government subcontracting or for a government subcontracting company as a recruiter. So is it hard to work from home or do you enjoy it? Yeah, well, a little bit of both. Um, I enjoy it because I don't have to get up an extra hour early to get myself <laughs> ready and actually drive to work. I can just get up and do my quiet time and have breakfast and then I can just sit down on the couch and do work. Um, so that's wonderful, but, and I can wear sweatpants to work too. So that's great on my couch. Um, 
but it's pretty lonely, so I don't get to talk to a lot of people on a regular basis. I mean, it's, you know, I talk to my coworkers when I need something, either over instant messaging or on the phone, but um, no face-to-face contact all day. So it's hard, for sure, as an extroverted human being. Uh, well, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. You know, you guys are an interracial couple, and that kind of comes with joys and, and, and trials, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are s- some of those things that, that you may deal with on an average day that if someone who's not had your experience may not understand? Yeah. Uh, I think it's just the need for heightened awareness. Like, um, just the fact that when we go into public, there has to be this this constant uh, just observance of our surroundings so that we can so that we're not blindsided by someone who thinks badly about our relationship and wants to express that. Okay. Um, so I, I, I Does that often happen often? It's not happened to us too often. Um, not thankfully. directly. Yeah. Um, we've had just a couple, like a handful of encounters that we could kind of tell was out of a, yeah, just some dis- disapproval of our relationship, but um, not too regularly, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say that that's the biggest thing. It's just feeling like you have to just be aware of your surroundings more so than the average couple might have to because of, of what people may think of your relationship. And thankfully, society is moving in a direction where that's becoming less of the case, but there still is for sure some, just some remnants of old thinking and, and we have to be aware of it. Yeah, as well as heightened awareness in our relationship just between the two of us. Um, It's something I've specifically learned just because Charlie and I come from, like, extremely different backgrounds. You know, you can have families um, today that, you know, you may be different colors, but you grew up maybe pretty similarly, but we we didn't grow up similarly really at all. Um, And so... There is, I've specifically have just done a lot of learning in our marriage and relationship so far in um, realizing just the actual, you know, I never saw it as privilege, but I just grew up in privilege. And um, it's not that Charles didn't grow up in privilege because he grew up very well, but um, it was just a different culture. And I need. You know, I've learned I need to be aware of a world other than my own. Yeah, and even in our home, though, like, there are things that Lauren perceives differently than I do. Um, and that, and that, that's not always a serious thing, like, with different meals and stuff like that. There are different foods that we've been exposed to. Um, <laughs> like oysters? Say, like oysters? Yeah, I don't eat oysters. I don't know if she eats oysters or not. But artichokes is the thing that, <laughs> I kid you not, I went to dinner with her family while we were still dating, and... Her mom's sitting at the table, and, and they cook great food. Then she puts, like, this dish of stuff that I have no idea what it is on the table. And it was artichokes. I don't know how to eat this because you're supposed to pluck the leaves and, and like, skin the skin off or whatever. So I just watch everybody else and try to do it without asking, okay, how do I go about eating this? I failed miserably. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there chewing on leaves, and Lauren looks over at me and realizes that I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, babe. Have you ever eaten artichokes before? <laughs> uh, we don't eat artichokes in South Georgia. <laughs> no, I didn't grow up eating artichokes. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So lots of different things like that. And what was 
really good about our premarital counseling specifically was that our, um, the pastor that married us, Lance, um, the very first meeting we had with him, he sat down with us and said, all right, we're going to map out your family trees because, um, every single tension point that comes up, we need to be able to look back at your family trees and realize like a lot of your perceptions of the world of, um, just how you live life do not come from you necessarily. It comes from where you came from. So that has helped us resolve many uh, tense moments, just realizing like, hey, we did not come from the same place. And no wonder you think that because you grew up differently. Yeah, and that's true, of course, true for everybody. Of course, things are always heightened uh, when you have acute differences. one of the things I want to say I really appreciate about getting to know you guys over the last several months is just your both your humility. I mean, both of you are at a place where you are very uh, open to say areas where we can grow, things that we can go grow, both learn in. It's just a wonderful thing to kind of take into ministry because obviously when you're learning um, other people's cultures that you want to understand them and you know, if you're always taking a stance of humility and, and a learner stance, mm-hmm. uh, I think people just really, really appreciate that as I've appreciated is kind of seeing, seeing you both. Uh, well, as we kind of wrap up here, how can we be praying for your family over the next in, in the short term? Yeah. Um, definitely for just all the logistics and stuff that's got to come together with the moves that we're making here. Um, <laughs> with Rock Hill growing so much, the housing market is not yeah. super easy to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just that stuff with falling in place there. Uh, and that even in the midst of all of that, that Lauren and I went, remember that our marriage is first and that this transition is a joyful thing that we get to walk through together and not something that um, should cause any, any distance between us. Because yeah. um, that can be easy to forget with stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, and then also just that as we continue praying about, you know, what the Lord might bring to the replant as a flock, uh, the culture that he wants to set for the church, that we just be discerning about that um, and that he starts softening hearts of the potential members of, of the replant so that... Um, yeah, so that we can really kind of hit the ground rolling and, and give honor and glory to his name when we get here. Yeah. As, as well as, <clears throat> um, I mean, we're going to be in Lake Forest for the next six months still. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's hard. I'm sure many people know what it's like. Like, we're moving in a year, but we're still here. <laughs> and yeah. so you're, you, you feel like your heart is in two places there. But we want to make sure that we're not getting too caught up in like the move um, and failing to serve well where we we are yeah. still. So Amen. let's uh, let's pray to that end. Father, we thank you for uh, Trail and Lauren, their, their heart for you. We pray specifically for all the logistics that come up. God, we pray that you would work them out smoothly, and uh, we pray even when they're rocky, Lord, that you would uh, allow them to trust you. That through this whole process, that you would grow Lauren and Trail in a deeper love and appreciation for your guiding hand. Uh, Father, we do pray for all those who you want to become part of this um, this replant, both financially and to, to join uh, the church. We pray, God, that you and your kindness, Lord, would just meet this, um, this this need according to your grace. Father, we know that you give good gifts to your church, so we pray, God, that you would assign good gifts uh, to this uh, church, Father, to uh, be a church that reflects your character and your goodness. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray as they finish out their time uh, in Wake Forest, we pray, God, that you would allow them to finish strong, for the glory of your name we pray. We ask all this in Jesus' name.